welcome to Broadcast His Love. This is a podcast where we talk about what life looks like when we decrease our name and increase God's name because it is all about Jesus and he can do miracles, things that we wouldn't even believe he can make them happen. The impossible is possible with Jesus and this conversation, I'm so excited for you guys to hear what my dear friend Krista Germay with the Village Ensemble is doing in Haiti. She has a formula program with her husband named Mark, and they have a family in Jeremy, Haiti. Hey, Krista. Hey, guys. How you guys doing today? Doing good. Doing so good. Okay, so we've had Krista on before, and you told us some serious news last time we were on um, about you guys were in a drought, and it was intense. I mean, I didn't realize how bad it was. But how are you guys doing since that? I mean, give us a quick update if you don't mind. Yeah, we are um, actually in a rainy season right now, <laughs> which okay. is interesting. So we have had an abundance of rain, even to the point that some places are flooding um, wow. here. So we are on the total opposite end of a drought at this point. But it's been actually been a really big blessing um, to see Jeremy become green again, because um, Jeremy is such a beautiful part yeah. of Haiti. That's where my husband and I live, kind of in the south portion of Jeremy um, okay. on a peninsula and um, on the peninsula of Haiti in the south. And it is just, it's gorgeous here because the rains have been coming so much that we're just covered in greenery, um, which is a huge blessing. But we're in that season where it rains at least twice a week here. Wow. With COVID, how's that going? How's it going there in Jeremy? Um, we have, we have not, um, personally known anyone that has COVID here in Jeremy. Um, sometimes I hesitate to talk about COVID in Haiti because I know that, um, Jeremy also does not have testing available here in our town. So, um, and I'm not a medical professional, so I can't say exactly what COVID has done here, but I will tell you that, um, we have been, we are closely connected with the medical community here in our town. And um, in the last, I would say, maybe four or five months, they have not seen any sicknesses that remotely resemble what COVID in the States looks like. Wow. So that's a blessing. That's huge. That is a huge blessing. So the fact that, you know, it's not a huge topic in the streets of you know, any negativity or sadness about it where you're at. I mean, that's just a blessing in and of itself. So, um, okay. Thank you for the updates. And we had to know what's going on with you since we talked to you last June. So, um, moving into this new year, there is just something that you are a part of and that God has put on your heart. That is wonderful. And I'm a mom of two and you as well. And Mm -hmm. so this is just so great what you're doing with this formula program So tell us what you're doing and if you could share some stories of some lives that you've been able to help out through um, getting these babies the formula that gives them the healthy bodies that they need. Absolutely. Um, Yes, we have a formula program and it has been going on for about a year and a half now. Um, And we have had nine children graduate our formula program by God's grace and five of them of those nine children are still receiving supplemental vitamin milk from us. Um, and then we have five infants currently in the program um, with space for five more that will be added once they're born or once the need comes up. So we love our program. Um, 
really, I'll backtrack a little bit and just share with you a little bit about how the program got started. I don't know if I shared that the last time, but I don't believe so. So I'll just take a minute to share that with you guys. Um, my husband and I were in a place where we felt like the Lord was moving for us to do something for our community. Um, and we have, for the last nine years, had a very strong relationship with the pediatrician, um, the Haitian pediatrician in our town. And she um, is a good friend of ours. And we sat down with her and her husband, who is also a family practice doctor, and a couple other leaders in our town. And we said to them, um, what do you think is a need in our community? Um, we really have a heart for children and keeping children and families. And we have a heart for healthcare. So how do you think we can marry those two things together to do something that will really benefit our town? Mm -hmm. um, and the pediatrician immediately set a formula program um, for children who have lost their mothers during birth because the maternal mortality rate here is very high in our town, especially for C-section births. Mm. Um, and so that was a specific group of children that are turned over to orphanages um, because they're left without a mother and people who cannot afford to feed them. And so they turn them over to orphanages so they can get the nutrition that they need. Um, and so when we heard that, it's kind of God put all the puzzle pieces together because two years ago, my mother passed away and she was a pediatric nurse. Mm -hmm. um, and we wanted to do something to honor her. So at the same time that the doctor was asking us to do a formula program in Haiti, it just kind of clicked that that was a great way to honor my mother's memory as well. So all the pieces fell together and we started our program. Um, we had a really good friend that worked with us here in Jeremy. She was a Haitian woman and she had her first baby um, and had a C-section. And then at 16 days postpartum, um, she passed away suddenly mm -hmm. from what we assume is maybe a pulmonary embolism. Okay. Um, she was completely fine. And then she woke up in the middle of the night and, um, and she couldn't breathe and they couldn't get her oxygen fast enough at the hospital and she passed away. Um, oh. and that was all happening at the same time that we were talking to the pediatrician about the formula program and we wanted to honor my mom. So those three events kind of collided, um, into us starting this formula program. And, um, yeah, our friend's name was Jealousy and she has a little girl named Ruth Mayel, who was our very first participant in the formula program. Her dad at the funeral um, turned to us and said, I want to keep my baby. And, um, and my husband and I were like, we want you to keep your baby too. And we said, we'll provide formula for you if you keep your baby. Um, we'll provide formula and we'll provide health care for the first year of her life, absolutely free, no cost to you. Um, mm. And that's how the formula program started. It just all came together and, and Ruth Mayel was our first participant. And then as soon as we took on Ruth Mayel and the pediatrician knew that we were serious about starting the program, we had 10 babies very quickly. Mm. Um, and 10 babies is the max that we are doing right now because we also have a pediatric nurse that visits our children weekly. And um, we can only afford one nurse at this point. So we don't want to, her to be so overloaded that she can't actually pay attention to the health of the babies. Um, because they are without a mom and they have a dad or a grandma most of the time, we want to make sure that they're not being malnourished and that the caretakers are 
um, are educated and aware of how to feed the babies in the correct way. So our nurse really spends time with them on that weekly. Wow. 10 babies. And do you see that there are other people in line who are waiting to fill those slots or what is the need like for, um, you know, for people reaching out to you and wanting to be a part of the program? Um, yes, we only go through the local pediatrician. So she is the one that we're connected with all of our babies. She follows all of our babies in the program. They each have this special card and they go to her monthly and she does a checkup on them and weighs them and make sure that they're growing the way that they're supposed to be growing, that they're not sick, all of those kind of things. And so she actually, because she is the only pediatrician for our area, she okay. actually, um, and she also works as the only pediatrician in the hospital. She actually knows the majority of the babies who lose their mothers during birth. Okay. And so she, she is the one who refers babies to our program. That's great. Well, and just the aspect of healthcare, that is incredible, Krista. You're providing healthcare for these babies. Absolutely. How did you manage to get healthcare for these babies? Um, it's because we have such a good relationship with the local pediatrician. She and her husband actually have a private clinic in town that is one of the more superior clinics here in Jeremy. And they, um, agreed to see our children for a low fee. So we just pay them monthly for all of our children and they can come with their card and be seen for free at the local pediatrician's clinic. Oh my goodness, Krista, this is amazing. And you give them a card? Is that how that works? Yes, they have like a membership card into the program. And so once they go um, once a month, they have to, in order to get their formula monthly, they have to go see the pediatrician and then the pediatrician will stamp their card to prove that they actually saw her. Right. And then, and then they'll come to us and um, and get their formula. Well, is there anything else you want to share about it? Because I know we definitely want to get involved. We want to pray about this and get more information. So what do you recommend we do? Um, well, we have sponsors for each one of our children. Um, our children are sponsored at 60, between 60 and $80 a month. The ones that need more specialized formula, if there are any, sometimes they're $80 a month. But the majority of our kids are around $60 a month. And that covers all of their formula and medical care for a month. Um, so our six kids that are currently in the program and our nine kids that are currently on the um, supplemental milk, they are already sponsored, um, which okay. is amazing. Yes. Um, but, um, but we always have a place for sponsors and we constantly have babies, the doctor calling us with new babies. So that's definitely a part. Um, if somebody wants to be a part of that and has the income to be able to sponsor a baby Monthly, we do allow our sponsors to have a personal relationship with the children in terms of like we send them monthly updates and pictures um, of the children when we give them their formula and keep in touch with the sponsors about the progress of each child specifically. That's great. So it's between 60 and $80, you said, right? Yes, per month. And it's a year commitment. We asked for a year commitment in the beginning because we don't want to take a baby into the program and then not be able to financially sponsor them throughout the first year. Cause that's our commitment that we make to each family okay. is that we would provide to them formula and medical care for the first year. And then after they turn one years old, if we see that they continue to need um, nourishment 
then we will go with them for 18 months and give them like a milk powder vitamin. Okay. Mm -hmm. So for the $80, it's $960 a year. Yes. And then for the $60, it's $720 a year. Um, And then that feeds a baby who has lost its mother or doesn't have its mother, um, gives that child formula, the nutrients that that child needs for the year. So it's and healthcare Mm -hmm. and healthcare, which is the biggest thing. I love that they're seeing the pediatrician once a week. I mean, that's huge. I'm, I'm sure your pediatrician is so busy. We need to get her on the podcast. You think she'd come? You think she'd do it? She's fantastic, but she doesn't speak any English. So (laughs) that would be difficult. (laughs) Oh man. I love what you're doing, Krista. Um, is there anything else that you can enlighten us on about, about this program and just stuff that we should know about it? Any stories you feel like you should share? Um, we have, most of our children come from homes, um, obviously that have lost their mother. We have one of our, our newest girls. Her mother was actually killed um, by a random gunfire in Port-au-Prince, which mm-hmm. is the capital of Haiti. And she was transferred, the baby um, is seven months old and was transferred here to Jeremy to live with her grandmother um, because no one in in the capital could take care of her. And her grandmother, when the pediatrician found her, her grandmother was feeding her um, like plantains mashed up in water. Mm. Um, And that's it. And she she was seven months old. So she um, was immediately taken into our program and she's doing great now. She's been in the program for two months. Um, and yeah, and is doing really well. And we have another little boy who is our only, um, well, actually he, he was born to a woman who, um, is mentally unstable mm-hmm. and, um, she had him in the local hospital and one of the townspeople actually brought her to the hospital. So she had him in the hospital and a younger Haitian couple actually adopted him immediately from the hospital, but they um, were unable to afford the formula. So the pediatrician connected us with them. And that was our first family that we took into the program um, whose mother is still alive, but she's unable to care for him. And about two weeks after we put him in the program, the mother actually did pass away in the local hospital. Um, but, but we're really grateful for the, this Haitian couple that has taken the baby on and we kind of come alongside them and provide the formula for them. So they continue to take care of him. Mm, That's incredible, Krista. Well, thank you so much for sharing those stories. I just wanted you to come on the podcast real quick at the beginning of the year and tell everyone what you guys are doing. I know we talked about it a little bit in June, but the drought really was the big story in June. And so we were focusing on just getting you guys the information about what's going on in Haiti um, that they were lacking, um, crops there because of that drought. So I'm so thankful that you were able to come back on and really focus on the formula program, because I don't know about you, Krista, but I'll just briefly share, uh, nursing was really difficult for me. I did it for a short period of time, but it really messed with me. And so not having a target that I could run to and, you know, get whatever creams I needed or anything like that, to continue nursing, um, things, the privileges that we have here in America, I can't imagine. So um, what you're doing, what your formula program is, is incredible. And I just thank God for you guys and what y'all are doing. And Krista, is there a scripture that you'd like to share with us? Anything that God's been meditating on your heart that you'd like to share with us? 
Absolutely. Yeah. I, um, this whole week I have been reading Psalm chapter one. Um, and so I would love to read that for you. If you agree to that, I have it in the, um, amplified version. I'm really interested in the amplified version right now because it has extra words and I'm a huge communicator. And so I love the way the amplified version just adds every single word in that could possibly have meaning. Um, so I'm going to read that for you guys in the amplified version. It's Psalm chapter one, and I'm just going to read one through three. I think, yeah, I'll read one through three, um, verses one through three. It says blessed, fortunate, prosperous and favored by God is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked following their advice and example, nor stand in the path of sinners, nor sit down to rest in the seat of scoffers or ridiculers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And on his law, his precepts and teachings, he habitually meditates day and night. And he will be like a tree firmly planted and fed by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season. Its leaf does not wither. And in whatever he does, he prospers and comes to maturity. Thank you so much, Krista. Um, Thank you for sharing that. And I just pray for whoever's listening that what Krista has spoken to you, if you felt led in any way, um, whether that's to pray for the formula program or to give to the formula program or just to connect with Krista and just be inspired by her story of having on her heart to, to do something in her community and her and her husband together coming to the leaders in the community and saying, what can we do? How can we be a vessel uh, for God's kingdom to do good work here on earth? And it's just incredible what you're doing, Krista. And I'm, I'm so proud of you. I'm so grateful to call you a friend. And um, Krista, if people want to connect with you, how do you recommend they get in touch with you? Um, Their best option right now is through Facebook, um, which is, which is, uh, we do, we also have a, um, and we have a Facebook account and that is my name. That's Krista, K-R-I-S-T-A, Germain, G-E-R-M-E-I-L. You can friend request me on Facebook and I will gladly accept that. I also have email it is my last name, Germay, G-E-R-M-E-I-L, family, F-A-M-I-L-Y-0-4 at gmail.com. Um, okay. And we have an Instagram account as well. I am not amazingly good at updating that, but... Um, <laughs> no, you're I'm, good. You're I'm good. trying to be better at it. Um, yeah. But our our Instagram handle is the T H E underscore village V I L A J underscore ensemble A N S A N M. And that's on Instagram. So any of those ways um, you can connect with us. We would love to hear from you. We would love to connect with you guys in prayer. And I just thank you for taking the time to listen to what we're doing here and to be a part of, of, of another country and um, our family here in Jeremy Haiti. Yes. And I love it. As you're talking, I hear a rooster in the background. I'm like, so Haiti. I love it. It's so Haiti. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so awesome. So awesome, Krista. Thank you for sharing. And um, as always, we end every podcast praying in Jesus name. Lord, I pray that we decrease and God, you increase in our lives. In Jesus name, I pray. Amen.
Amen. I'm so thankful for Krista and her husband, Mark. They are an awesome couple and they are doing God's work down in Jeremy, Haiti. And I can't wait to see what the Lord does through them this year and the goals and the plans that he already has prepared for them. I'm just praying for them that they walk in that and that they keep seeking your kingdom and Lord, just give them strength as they go every day working this mission for your glory and kingdom and taking care of your children. They are incredible, and I'm so encouraged by them and what she shared on this podcast, and I pray that you are too, and it draws you closer to Jesus. That lovely, beautiful, loving relationship is just wonderful, and we get to see that lived out through the lives of the guests that we have on this podcast. So I'm encouraged today, and I hope you are too. I've been reading this book called Anxious for Nothing. It was written by Max Lucado, and my sister-in-law, Sydney, one of my sister-in-laws, She let me borrow this book and it has enriched my soul starting off 2021. And I wanted to read about a page and a half of this book to you guys because I pray it will open your eyes. If you are anxious today, if you are breathing short, I pray you breathe a sigh of relief and know that God is here. God is with us and we don't have to do anything to get to his kingdom We are in his kingdom if we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, as Lord over our lives. And then as Christians, we pick up our cross daily to follow him. And it may be harder, but it's worth it. It's harder because we have to make changes for God's gain and for God's kingdom when we want to do things for our own selfish ambitions because that's easier. It's easier to think bad thoughts. It's easier to think it'll all be over. But with Christ, nothing is impossible with Christ. With God, all things are possible, Matthew 19, 26. So I'm gonna read to you part of this book, Anxious for Nothing by Max Lucado. The United States is now the most anxious nation in the world. Congratulations to us. The land of the stars and stripes has become the country of stress and strife. This is a costly achievement. Stress-related ailments cost the nation $300 billion every year in medical bills and lost productivity, while our usage of sedative drugs keeps skyrocketing. Just between 1997 and 2004, Americans more than doubled their spending on anti-anxiety medications like Xanax and Valium. From $900 million to $2.1 billion, The Journal of the American Medical Association cited a study that indicates the exponential increase in depression. People of each generation in the 20th century were three times more likely to experience depression than people of the preceding generation. How can this be? Our cars are safer than ever. We regulate food and water and electricity. Though gangs still prowl our streets, most Americans do not live under the danger of imminent attack. Yet, if worry were an Olympic event, we'd win the gold medal. Citizens in other countries, ironically, enjoy more tranquility. They experience one-fifth the anxiety levels of Americans, despite having fewer of the basic life necessities. What's more... When these less anxious developing world citizens immigrate to the United States, they tend to get just as anxious as Americans. Something about our particular way of life then is making us less calm and composed. Our college kids are feeling it as well. In a study that involved more than 200,000 incoming freshmen, 
Students reported all-time lows in overall mental health and emotional stability. As psychologist Robert Lay points out, the average child today exhibits the same level of anxiety as the average psychiatric patient in the 1950s. Kids have more toys, clothes, and opportunities than ever. But by the time they leave home, they are wrapped tighter than Egyptian mummies. We are tense. Why? What is the cause of our anxiety? Change, for one thing. Researchers speculate that the Western world's environment and social order have changed more in the last 30 years than they have in the previous 300. Think what has changed. Technology. The existence of the internet. Increased warnings about global warming, nuclear war, and terrorist attacks. Changes and new threats are important into our lives every few seconds, thanks to smartphones, TVs, and computer screens. In our grandparents' generation, news of an earthquake in Nepal would reach around the world some days later. In our parents' day, the nightly news communicated the catastrophe. Now it is a matter of minutes. We've barely processed one crisis and then we hear of another. In addition, we move faster than ever before. Our ancestors traveled as far as a horse or camel could take them during daylight. But us, we jet through time zones as if they were neighborhood streets. Our great-grandparents had to turn down the brain sensors when the sun set. But us, we turn on the cable news, open the laptop, or tune in to the latest survival show. For years, I kept a nightly appointment with the 10 o'clock news. Nothing like falling to sleep with the accounts of murders and catastrophes on the brain. And what about the onslaught of personal challenges? You or someone you know is facing foreclosure, fighting cancer, struggling through a divorce, or battling addiction. You or someone you know is bankrupt, broke, or going out of business. Without exception, we are getting older, and with age comes a covey of changes. Okay, I'm going to skip ahead, um, and and this is a quick paragraph of what he is talking about uh, with Philippians 4, 6, about be anxious for nothing, and it's really a tease, so when I leave you on the cliffhanger, don't be mad at me. I just encourage you to read this book or get the audio version of it. Here he writes, One would think Christians would be exempt from worry, but we are not. We have been taught that the Christian life is a life of peace. And when we don't have peace, we assume the problem lies within us. Not only do we feel anxious, but we also feel guilty about our anxiety. The result is a downward spiral of worry, guilt, worry, guilt. It's enough to cause a person to get anxious. It's enough to make us wonder if the Apostle Paul was out of touch with reality when he wrote, be anxious for nothing, Philippians 4, 6. Be anxious for less would have been a sufficient challenge or be anxious only on Thursdays or be anxious only in seasons of severe affliction. But Paul doesn't seem to offer any leeway here. Be anxious for nothing, not a zilch, zero. Is this what he meant? Not exactly. So that's where I'm going to leave it. I hate to leave you on that cliffhanger, but I do encourage you to get the book Anxious for Nothing. We have talked about Philippians 4.6 on this podcast a ton, and the way that he describes Philippians 4.6 has totally changed my outlook on it, and it's given me more grace with myself to focus on my relationship with Christ 
instead of the anxiety that I feel. It's not about the anxiety that I feel anymore. Because of this book, I've learned it's about giving it to God. It's about surrendering it to God. And it's not just that one it, it's about everything. And so today I'm focusing where my feet are planted, where I am, and I'm so grateful for what God has given me, what he has entrusted with me. He is a merciful God. He is a loving God. And he is a good God. He is a good father. And right now, wherever you are, I just pray that you see what's in front of you and you have a peace that surpasses all understanding from Christ Jesus and a gratitude with thanksgiving that reminds you, you are loved. You are cherished. God sees you. He hears you. He loves you. And you are chosen. As always, thank you so much for listening. And if you leave us a review, it always helps out the podcast. And we just appreciate your time. We're praying that this is for God's gain, that this is for God's glory, and that what you've heard today stretches your faith to mold you into a more confident Christian who is ready to get out in their faith and be bold in the name of Jesus. I pray you all have a great week and Lord willing, we'll talk to you all next week here on Broadcast is Love.